Hello and welcome to Get Schooled. And today I have the lovely Jada Jacobs. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have known Jada for quite a long time through the wonderful telegram, which I've kind of abandoned for mental health reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And uh, Jada, uh, please tell my audience who you are, uh, how you came about on sex work and your journey and everything else and a little bit more about yourself. Cool. Well, I'm actually a Southern girl from Texas. Um, And the crazy thing is, like, I got started into sex work probably a little late because I think a lot of people start maybe around 18 or 19, you know, like out of high school or something. And I didn't. I um, went to school and did all that kind of stuff. And to make a long story a little bit shorter, I ended up in a situation where I was in between jobs and I got a new job that wasn't bringing in the money fast enough. It was like a sales job. So I was like, I'm going to start doing cam girl work. So I get on, I don't even remember what site it was at at the time. It must've been like cam soda or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I got on there um, and started doing that part-time. And that's kind of pretty much where it started um, Mm -hmm. right there with cam soda. I think it was cam soda. Actually, I don't remember the name of the site I was on. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I started. And then I just, I, I ventured off into other things from there. A lot of my, um, fans wanted me to get involved in premium Snapchat, which was really popular at that time. Like this might've been like around 2017 ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got into that and that was right before I started OnlyFans before it became like really popular and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of where I, where I, where I started my journey, I guess, into uh, sex work. And I've been doing it for about six years or so now. So it's been a minute. Been a minute. (laughs) So you were, you first started, how was it first going from the corporate world to camming? You know, it was, you know, there, there were actually a lot of similarities to be, mm-hmm. you know, that I found similar because I, again, I came from a sales background. Uh-huh. So a lot of what I did, I, re- I was like, oh, this is kind of similar in a way, but it was also way different because, you know, obviously I w- there was no sexual component or aspect to what I was doing prior to this. And you know, I was really shy, you know, just, I don't know, just, it took a while for me to open up to it. So it was definitely a challenge. It was some differences there. I've noticed some people when they leave the corporate world, they tend to be way more disciplined in the beginning of their journey of sex work uh, versus sex workers. Like, well, people like me that I entered at 17, actually uh, 18 years old. And I first started dancing and I was just, I remember I'd work till I made a certain amount the first year and then leave. But also my daughter was very young at the time. So I had that choice, but um, I have personally noticed like anybody, um, you know, my early days of stripping, there would be people that, oh, I was doing this. And then now I'm doing sex work and I'm, you know, I'm a stripper, but I'm doing five days a week, eight out They put in their 40 hours. Right, right, right. Yeah. Were you doing that at first? Like from, cause you were accustomed to working the 40 hours and. You know what? I wasn't. The crazy thing is I initially started doing it because I thought I was just going to bridge the gap, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to do this a little bit until I get, you know, my feet wet with work and then I'm going to quit. And yeah. it didn't turn out that way because I actually started to realize that I was like, oh, this is, I'm making more money doing this. Um, so I ended up actually quitting my job completely and that's when I was able to do this full-time and that's when I started like really working like longer hours and spending more time in it and stuff like that oh I see yeah yeah so you you were trying to do like the balancing act pretty much yeah basically that you know just trying to make everything work but it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) no the, the corporate world can be very tough and difficult 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree. And I think that to a certain degree, sometimes there is like this glass ceiling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I made the switch. <laughs> I don't regret it. The only thing I regret is not doing it sooner. Really? You know? Yeah. I wish I would have started at 18 or 19 like everyone else did. <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of I don't know. I feel like right when you, I had a child young, but I feel like sometimes you do need that sense of maturity to make the proper decisions. So I think sometimes over 21 is actually good um, because you still, as a younger person, you know, you do make mistakes. It's a big learning curve of life and everything else. And I, I kind of think that, you know, it's good to work another job because then you appreciate even the slower days. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't appreciating like the slower days or stuff like that. Like I remember uh, stripping and um, I'll never forget, like I would have like a day where I made only a hundred dollars dancing and I would be upset. And at the time my daughter's father said, but Hey, that's a hundred dollars. And you made it within four hours, which is $25 an hour. And again, this is a long time ago because my daughter's 18, but he broke down the math and it kind of made me feel better about like, damn, this was a slow day. It was when you break down the math, you you get what I'm saying. You're like, Mm -hmm. well, Hey, this is kind of good. So you have to like learn how to make it work for you in different situations. Yeah. Different situations. So you started doing um, premium snap and how was that? And how did that change and evolve to other things with Um, the social media? Premium snap was, you know, I I liked it, but what I, the the one aspect I did not like about it, it was, it was almost quite frankly, like a quick hustle and it wasn't, it lacked that um, personable aspect, if that makes sense, like that, your ability to connect with your audience and your fans on, on that real personable level. So that's the one thing I didn't really like about it, because I felt like, you know, it was just all about fans joining, seeing content, and then that was it, you know, that was not like anything else much going on with that. And I don't know if that makes sense or not. <laughs> no, no, that I totally get, because when I did the Snapchat I did it for a short period of time. It was like, they just join. And then I've got to constantly put stuff up. And now I'm finding because of the fact that um, I have that stripper background and I like talking to people, I I, I do like that connection more or less. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually think that it's actually... I feel like it's essential to have some sort of a connection with your audience and that's just, maybe that's just me. I'm a Southern girl. And then to your point, I do come from a sales background where I'm used mm-hmm. to that engaging with people and, you know, that sort of thing. So to me, that part of it is just very, it's really important, but, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. So you got into Snapchat and all that. Now I, you've always had like a big social media. How was that building up all the social medias through the years and the it's challenges? Not- you know, it actually has been a lot of work and it's been a lot of challenges. <laughs> Share with us the work because people seem to think they could just open up a Twitter, open up an IG. Share with us all that work. That and if you have to look at, okay, like for me, honestly, I don't feel like my socials are that huge uh-huh. in comparison to how long they've been around. Like if you look at my Instagram, it's been around since like 2016, right around the time when I started the same thing with my Twitter and actually my Twitter um, was different. I, I think originally when I had it, I was dedicating it to something else. Cause like I was blogging, you know, I was still blogging and stuff like that. And then I ended up rebranding it into uh-huh. what it is now and just networking with other creators and stuff um, is how I grew it a lot. And then just um, paying attention to uh what you know your audience is looking for and just posting that kind of stuff too kind of helps with growth and things like that and the censorship and in every day the changes the censorship and that's what another challenge (laughs) that is a never-ending challenge you've got every platform trying to censor you on top of that, you've got haters reporting you and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on and, 
you know, sometimes you do have to, you have to find ways to work around all the challenges and all the things that are being thrown at you and just find ways to be productive and to not sweat, you know, just not focus on uh, any of the negative stuff and just try to keep moving forward. But yeah, it is, it is definitely a challenge out there because you've got all this stuff going at you all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, today, I've learned that meta Instagram and Facebook is now prioritizing um, pictures again, opposed to the reels. Because mm. you know how TikTok made the video portion popular. And mm-hmm. now uh, you've had a TikTok, right? Or for a short minute, you had a TikTok. I have one. I literally have never used my TikTok. You've ever. never used your TikTok? I created the account and I never used it. So there's that on that. <laughs> it's work it's like so much it's like so much work so yeah yeah it's just people don't realize like building all these social medias because first you have to start doing the share for shares and then you have to network which what brings us to what brought you to telegram where I first met you what you know what Uh a friend of mine recommended that I join telegram uh yeah, I was actually a girl that I met, um, Donna, is, she's a British chick, love her to death, but mm-hmm. she, we met on Premium Snap, actually, mm-hmm. like networking and stuff like that, and we were just kind of, we hit it off, and we became friends, and she really pushed me to, like, get on Telegram and to, like, broaden my networking. She actually pushed me to get on um, TikTok, too, which I <laughs> created an account and just never used it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's how I got on Telegram and I built, there's a pretty, I have a nice network on there too. Telegram, like you said, it's not, it ain't what it was before. Oh you know? man, it was a beautiful time with, when we were on it. It was just a gorgeous, like, I want to say pre-pandemic was cool. And then, yes, yeah. And then it, then it got kind of ugly and it got ugly, filthy. <laughs> <laughs> it just turned into something that. And I noticed the early days of, um, personally for myself, the early days were great because everybody would do share for shares. People weren't, if you know, people weren't in your face with promo and then it just turned into this, it was a great networking thing, but now I go on it and there's room after room and everybody's selling something. Yep. Yeah. And and it's just turned into a whole different uh, a finasco of not what it used to be. It's know? not at all what it used to be. The, the genuine connections on there that or the valuable connections even are not really there anymore, in my opinion. And to your point, like a majority of the groups are filled with spam, you know, <laughs> go buy this, go do this. You know, I'm selling this or selling that. And I don't know, it's just that's. Again, it's it's like you said, you have to just take breaks for your mental health. Yeah, because that's it's a lot going on, a lot going on. Yeah, no, no, it changed. So that's where we met. And so then from the Snapchat, you went to OnlyFans and did you just quit Snap? What made you what was the breaking point of did you stop doing Snap? What was that story and go to OnlyFans? How did that come about? So Snapchat was sort of like a backward hustle, if you want to be honest, like. It was, you know, you have these Snapchat. Sometimes you have somebody do a takeover. Um, your, your accounts are constantly getting reported or deleted and that sort of thing. So it was, you're constantly chasing your tail and trying to catch up and trying to regain what you lost. So I was actually in the process of trying to find a platform when I joined OnlyFans. And I was, I was on FanCentro. I joined like every platform out there. Mm-hmm. Mini vids, like I was on everything, just trying to find the right one, honestly. Right. And um, a lot of other creators started joining OnlyFans too around that same time. And I think that just that momentum that was being built around that particular platform is why I ended up choosing it because that one ended up being the most lucrative for me. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't necessarily anything specific about that platform at that time that was better than the other ones, if that makes sense. It was just, it was more lucrative. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because Snapchat, we were getting in trouble. And I remember yes. um, I did fit, I was with Fan Central, and that's who I sold 
the snap, but it was against Snapchat's policy to sell. Like, it, and that's why where the accounts got flagged and people were complaining, but here was OnlyFans. And I remember telling an old assistant of mine that she used to do my takeovers for me. I said, hey, you need to get on OnlyFans and, and maybe start doing share first. I told her a long time ago and she goes, no, no, no. Fan Central is the best side ever. And I was right. I was like psychically right. All of a sudden I said, no, girl, you you need to go branch off to OnlyFans. And I was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it did yeah. have the, you could, people could DM you. You had the audio component. You had the feed for the wall. You had everything yep. there. Description to- area. It really had, it had a lot of the features that most creators were looking for and that our fans were also looking for at that time. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's where, that's how it, and then it, before you know it, then it got, poof, like, it turned into this, uh, OnlyFans turned into this crazy ordeal and all that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I have both of my pages to this day and I'm thankful for it, but um, I'm kind of trying to find my next venture too. Uh, what other, from then on from OnlyFans, like, what did you see, like, you, you saw it with me, like how it just blew up. Mm-hmm. It just, it it blew up. But I also feel like Telegram, like this is a crazy thing. That's when Telegram got divided, I felt like. And and very, very Uh, divided and ugly. And the thing is, I did, there was a lot of rooms. um, I always chose to go in rooms you were in. I felt the most comfortable um, because me being a, um, a Latina woman and all that, I had a lot of issues with a lot of white women and um, some of them wouldn't even share for share with me. And oh, wow. of, yeah, like I've had, I had one girl like refuse to share with me altogether. And then the moment she wanted to share was when she had her page free. And I told her something like, yo, my page isn't free. Why are you, you only want to share with me basically to poach my fans. Like that's not right. right. And I stuck up for her, but then I, they, they turned, they flipped it on me for standing up for myself And that's Mm -hmm. when I feel like, you know, the moment you stand up for yourself when you're a minority, sometimes they'll turn around and flip it on you. Yeah. You're the bad guy suddenly. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I get it all the time. An angry black woman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, this girl Mm -hmm. never wanted to share with me. And one day she comes and she wants to share. And, you know, I, I felt like the manipulation of some of the tactics people used was way too much. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. We, you and I both saw the, the craziness and the, and so that's when you and I, like, we went to our own groups or you you get what I'm saying. And we were like, it was like shelter because it turned into this ugly, um, this ugly thing and it was getting uncomfortable. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the manipulations, because it was, it went from being like a good thing to now these girls are like a dog eating world. I've never mm-hmm. seen with sex workers of doing anything to build that fan base. I you know? think, sorry, my, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I absolutely agree with you. And you know what I think? I feel like to your point, the pandemic brought out the clause. You know, I think that what well, really it was, it was post pandemic. Because after the dust started to settle and things started to go back to normal, and really when OnlyFans made a lot of those changes, um, when they tried to kick us off the platform, and then they after that, they started making all of these different changes with restrictions on link limits and like all these things, which were basically what people were doing to leverage business. I feel like that's what really brought the claws out. And then you really started to see like people's manipulation just was at an all time high scams skyrocketed. Like you couldn't trust anybody anymore. Um, it, it, It was just crazy. And to your point, you know, some of those other groups that we had to create for ourselves were so crucial. And I don't think that if, if you don't work in this industry, I don't know if you understand how important it is to have like a safe space because this can be crazy. Like it can put a lot of, you know, pressure on you mentally 
Mm-hmm. And, and so having like a, a nice safe space, a group of people where, you know, at least when I come here, it's, it's no BS. It's all, you know, it's going to be safe. I think right. that's very important. Yes. Yes. And then what we also dealt with on telegram is you had people from all over the world, all over the country too. And I'm in New York, which is very uh, open and liberal and all that. And also New Yorkers were straight up, but then all of a sudden you get somebody in the middle of Kansas or uh, I'm like Oklahoma or somewhere. I don't know the middle of uh, of nowhere <laughs> of nowhere that I've never been or whatever. And it's just you're dealing with so many different personalities from places all over the world. Yes. And then that's when I saw like a big separation of people and everybody being divided and myself through the years of sex work, um, I have been personally discriminated, like at clubs, at strip clubs, wanting to work there, different instances, but I have been also fetishized before myself. Have you ever felt like you as a black woman have been fetishized before? And has it made made you uncomfortable? Um, Yeah. Before or like all the time? All the time. (laughs) Like all the, I don't know. You have to explain because I'm I'm used to, I get the fetishization where people want me to speak Spanish or they'll be like, I always get this one. I, my last girlfriend, she was from Mexico. Uh, Hola, como esta? And then they start speaking this broken Spanish. And I'm like, oh, please don't do that. I don't, go away. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm just kind of curious, how was it for you? Because I've, I've had it and I don't like it the fetishization, you know? You know, I've had a, a, few, a lot of it, actually. Um, people wanting, not so much with me, like wanting my, me to speak like certain things, but just uh-huh. the whole, just the fetish of a Black woman, I guess, in general, is, yeah, that happens a lot, all the time. And the crazy thing, it's not just exclusive to sex work. It happens in my normal life, too. <laughs> like, really? Crazy. yeah. It's annoying, actually. <laughs> Real, um, this so guys in your normal life, like I mean, like vanilla life, your personal life, they get like this too. Yeah, I'm trying to think. All, I get all kinds, and it's it's not really even unfortunately. Well, if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but I feel like it's not even exclusive to like one race of people. Yeah. I, um. Just in general, I feel like there's just this. I don't know. Like people just treat you like they've never seen a black woman before. And it's just weird. I don't know how to really describe it, but, or they ask all kinds of just weird questions sometimes. Like, can I touch your hair? Oh, I like, I'm like, I'm not a dog. You asked to pet a dog, not a human. (laughs) Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I was like, what's wrong with you? So yeah, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, it's, it, it happens all the time. I, I think of one time I um, I was on a dating app and mm-hmm. and I put um, it asked something like what's your guilty pleasure and I was like oh I like vanilla ice cream oh my god I should never put that oh <laughs> all the white men were like oh she likes <laughs> vanilla they were all in my inbox I was like that's not what I meant no you <laughs> really meant you like vanilla ice cream, ice cream and they yeah. thought it was something sexual like, yeah and I'm like oh my god I can't get a break I can't get a break. <laughs> I guess because I really don't date. I don't, I, it's like, I don't date. So I don't see the fetishization anymore. Um, But I noticed that for me, like, and I've shared with you this in the past, when we were all buying promo, I can't buy promo. I can only buy it from certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to be so, you know what I'm saying? And when I was on Telegram, like there'd be other groups and I would have to like, I would want to join a coaching group, which a lot of them weren't very helpful at all, but they would be like, oh, you got to buy my promo. And I'm looking and I'm like, I, I'm not going to do well. And then they'll be like, right. And what gets me is they'll be like, oh, well, so-and-so bought it and she did well. And they'll point out another Spanish girl. And then I, I kind of see, I don't know, the New Yorker in me is like, oh, this bitch is just kissing their ass now. Okay. Like, cause this shit sucks. Like, I'm like the the only one telling the truth because I'm the New Yorker and and it's like I'm like that I didn't I won't do well I just yeah. don't like and and I've had explained that to people like I have to go about doing things a different way and and uh, 
than a majority of women. And I have to break speak, break it down. And most recently, I've had to like tell people I'm not really going to collab with certain people because it doesn't really benefit me. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. You know what I mean? I have a particular look. So I think you would you you understand that more. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's I been, completely understand. Yes. Yeah. No, it's just unfortunately like uh Telegram was once a beautiful, beautiful community. And I wish we had something like that back where we could share more information, but hopefully with my podcast or other ways of finding information. So um, you're still on OnlyFans. Now, what other platform, because I've chased you down and I was like, I saw you like on Playboy one day and um, I think you were on Sex Panther for a minute or... Yeah, no, I did. Okay, so I was looking for different options of platform, right? So I think everyone pretty much who is on OnlyFans is or was at some point. And it doesn't really have anything to do with like their income, what they're making or not making on there. It's more or less about we don't trust them (laughs) to Mm -hmm. not get this off at any given moment. So you feel like you kind of have to have something cover your ass. But anyway, so um, yeah, so I tried Sex Panther for like a few months and for multiple reasons, I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> the oh, one positive uh, was that I was able to, once again, it was a really good connection with fans. I don't, you know, I don't do as many lives and stuff as probably a lot of other creators do. So for, for them to see me live and stuff was really fun for them and stuff. So I had a lot of fun with that, but the platform itself, I, it's not for me. Like it's, it's just not and for multiple reasons that I won't get into, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but, um, I was, I actually was on Playboy anyway. I joined when they first released their, um, their online platform, which was Centerfold at the time. Right. And, um, so I kind of circled back to it because they started doing a lot of updates to the site and things like that. So that's kind of, I, I circled back to it and I'm like, Oh, you know, so it's, it's really different right now. It's fresh. They freshened it up. It added some new features and things like that. So um, so yeah, I'm pretty much just on Playboy and OnlyFans right now. I got you. Yeah, no, it's so important we diversify our income because with what we with the online work, we can't put all our eggs in one basket. Absolutely. It's just too the way things are, like you can't, you just can't trust it. And it was funny when I used to dance, I didn't like I didn't go to one club. I would go to multiple clubs. Be- and then I, I noticed mm-hmm. like, that's why now, like I have my sex pamper. I have, um, yeah. I think loyal fans that I'm using. Cause that one I can figure it out. I just, ever, with the playboy update, I got on it in the very get go. And I liked it at first because I was, what I liked about the playboy in the beginning is I was just posting and getting followers and people were signing up. Yeah. And I'm like, all I got to do is post. I don't need to like, risk losing my social medias and all that this is awesome so and then when they updated it I was like okay I can't keep up this is just the balance of everything is just it's crazy so how do you handle the balance of all the dealing with social media dealing with OnlyFans dealing with all these sites um, you know, I try to prioritize the things that need to be prioritized. Um, to me, social media does not need to be prioritized unless it does. Yeah. Um, so like there's, I can break away from certain things, right? Like I can just log off if I need to. And I try to, and I actually try to deliberately take time at least every month for just to like step back because it is important to have that balance of, you know, that healthy balance of social right. media use, you know what I mean? Like I'm using it as I need it or as it's um, necessary versus just kind of living on there and absorbing all that stuff all the time. Cause it can be a lot, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Oh yeah. Of how, <laughs> how much it can, how many problems it can cause and things like that. Yeah, no, we all need to take that certain balance and stuff like that. It's just uh we have to just step back because it, it'll drive us mentally crazy and uh, whatever we do. Like I, I'm currently doing not one, but two podcasts, like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? But I, but I know for my personal self, I know, um, I've seen a couple of people retire out their only fans and that to me, I kind of look at like as a goal. Um, to retire from OnlyFans, sorry. Right. The this. reason I'm the reason I'm saying that is because of the uh, to talk to everybody mentally takes out a lot of you sometimes. No, yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, person, like I've been in sex work since 1995. Like I got to come on quit soon. So that's what I'm hoping with both of my podcasts. Like hopefully to get that change and everything. Hopefully. Uh, see a difference but what do you see now for the future for yourself you know I really um I think for me right now I'm definitely going to move forward with Playboy because I'm really excited about being on the platform and I'm excited about the changes and updates and just everything the fans that the you know the relationship that I'm building with my fans there so I'm definitely going to move forward with that Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I'm, I'm updating my blog <laughs> soon. So, that's right. You're a writer. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, I am. And you know, I, I haven't really gotten into writing since the pandemic hit because mm-hmm. everything got so crazy and I feel like everything came at me so fast during that time. And I just, I kind of let it slip away, you know what I mean? And so now I'm kind of getting back as you were talking about the balance of time and the balance of energies and things. And I'm just trying to get back into it. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to be releasing some new blogs soon. My fans have been asking about it. So I'm really excited about that. And what exactly do you write uh, write about? Um, well, what I have on my blog currently are just uh, erotic stories um most of them are conjured up just fictional erotic stories there's a couple of them that are just like uh, like real stories that true stories that happen but I've had to like uh you know change up some names (laughs) (laughs) for the sake of certain things but yeah so that's pretty much what it is it's erotic fiction um and yeah I really enjoy doing it I just haven't I haven't had the time until recently to get back into it so I'm really excited about doing that now, writing has always been more of your passion because we're all good at something. Yeah, you know what? Writing is something that I started doing actually when I was a little girl. And I I used to write poems and stuff when I was like 10. And I for me, it's always just been a good outlet and a good way of self-expression. And you know how just as you get older, adulthood and life takes place and, you know, you kind of lose passion and you lose time for certain things you know and so I'm really actually grateful for the opportunity that I have like time you know and and flexibility of schedule to be able to do some things that I enjoy oh that's good that's good and where can people find your blogs now I'm because I knew you were a writer and I knew you you were I think I read something of yours but I forgot when it was probably like two years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe that's when it was. Cause I saw something I remember in you wrote and I was like, oh, she's pretty good. Oh, Have you thought about going into like any type of journalism to help uh, advocate sex work or anything with it? Or you just like erotic stories? Um, at the moment, it's not on my radar right now. I just like erotic stories. I like to entertain people. You know, I just, I do. And, I, and honestly, um, I am, I do, I do enjoy advocacy work and stuff, but the reason I haven't really gotten involved into a lot of it really is because I don't know. I just, I feel like I want people to have a space where they can kind of get away from the stresses of normal life. If that makes sense, you know, like yeah. a, a place where I don't have to, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about like, I get it. I know we have issues. I know the world has issues. I know there's problems everywhere. Yeah. But just for 10 minutes, let me not think about that. Yeah. Enjoy myself. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) No, I hear you. No, no, that's important to to sit and do nothing. Um, I've had to like, I write down stuff or like errands to do for myself. And then the Mm -hmm. following day, like sometimes, um, because I used to be like, oh, I got to get everything done. I got to do all this now. And um, I've just learned to like, okay, today, like, for instance, I line up on my podcast. Okay, tomorrow I upload. Then day I write down everything then this day I mark it and I kind of have it like in my brain but I've noticed I've had to do that for balance and at a certain time at night I have to just shut off and watch a tv show or something. <laughs> and then forget about work because it, it'll just like 
everything we do, especially when we work from home like crazy women that we do. Exactly. Like there's a, there's a point where you have to just, and sorry, I had to like move my <laughs> iPad because like my, my battery, I got a bit of like, oh, your battery's about there. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, I better plug it in. But anyway, um, <laughs> so if you're wondering what that was, but no, I absolutely agree. Like there has to be that, that balance there. And, you know, I feel like, you know, you, we, you have to kind of be good at creating that balance for yourself because it's not a structured nine to five to your point. We don't have that you know, that structure that comes naturally with our normal day-to-day life and with our normal schedule. So it's so important, you know, to find that structure and to find, create that structure and that balance for yourself. What does a typical week look for, like, uh, for you, for instance, with creating content and everything? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, um, I am... I'm an early bird. I get up at most of the time. I'm up at like five o'clock in the morning. What? Um, five o'clock. Yeah. The early bird gets the worm girl. So I I'm up early, usually um, doing all kinds of different stuff, depending on what I need to do. But I definitely do like to get up early and plan my day. Um, on OnlyFans, I like to queue out my posts. Actually on Playboy too, I like to queue out everything and, you know, touch bases and just, you know, stuff like that. So I kind of get up and then once I'm done with that, I take care of my dog and all that kind of stuff. And then, so I'll have some time for breakfast and then on and on and on. But in terms of of, um, actual content creation, um, I used to plan it where I would do it like this day on Wednesday is content day and stuff like that. But that became almost, um, it, it just couldn't, it was like unattainable at some point. I wasn't able to do it. So I ended up, um, now I just, I get up early, I'll make content sometimes, um, but it's, it happens like almost every day now, it seems like, like, I don't have that, I don't have that, this day I'll do this, or that day I'll do that type of Mm -hmm. schedule anymore. Yeah, no, sometimes I've said, okay, Tuesday, I'm going to do this, and then Tuesday comes, and I'm like, "Uh." yes, like, whatever, right. Yeah, like I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing it because it's it's the fact that the only time I could get something done is as soon as I get a custom. I'm for some reason a custom is like it puts fire under my ass. Like I yeah. just want to get it done. I don't know how people wait, but like somebody orders a custom, I'm like, okay, I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. I gotta get this done now. And then I do right. it and it's great. But if I have to say, oh, Tuesday I'm gonna do this or Thursday I'm gonna do this. It ain't going to happen. And so currently, um, I have noticed, though, I don't know about you, but my sexting sets are doing way better than my actual like five or six minute to 10 minute videos. I've noticed. Yeah, lately, that's been the case, because I've been more sexting or the little bit of content like it's done me more good than the whole videos. Okay, that's good. though. For For me, you know, but it might change, you know? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's, um, maybe you're right. I feel like the videos have been doing well, but I feel, I do feel like more personable, um, type of things are doing better than just selling videos, sending videos. So to your point, sexting or maybe FaceTimes or when I log on and do a live show, you know, things like that, where they're actually getting like you and your time. I think that's more valuable. And I think that's what they want, you know? Yeah. And that's what really makes it fun anyway, you know, just like, I don't know, but no, I agree with you on that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, and I love doing the video calls you do the video calls too, right? I do. I do. I love them. So do you have like a whole bunch of regulars too from Mm -hmm. your video? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up and they're like, get up. Are you up yet? Or they'll like send the tips and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not even up yet. I'm still in bed. Oh, I've had that happen too. Like, I think it's like in, in the morning early, they wake up and they've got like this heart on. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're ready. And I'm like, ah, and I can't really function till I got coffee. You don't know how many times I'm doing a video call and I'm like barely drinking this coffee, trying to get up like, ah, okay. Like, right. It's like, the, come on. <laughs> but I have to say one thing, the thing I like about my fans, they're loyal and they don't care if I have makeup on or not. Yes. I, you know what, I do love that about my fans too, but you know, I think sometimes, honestly, they prefer to see like the real you, you know, like what you, 
not all the time. Of course, sometimes they want to see you all dolled up and stuff, but like every now and then it's refreshing to, to see like, oh, this is a real person. You know, this is what she really looks like sort of thing. So absolutely. I think you're right about that too. You're spot on with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're happy like that. So that's where I've noticed lately um, for me right now, like it could go, well, you know, it could change any moment because things seem to change so quickly with everything that we do. You know what I mean? Like every little minute, every little second and all that. So, yeah. So what yeah. other type of activities do you like do enjoying when you're not working um, besides writing also? Like what other things? So I during the pandemic, I uh-huh. started um, painting. And I'm not good at it, but I do. <laughs> so just so you know, you're not good at it. I'm like, I'm absolutely not good at it, but I, it's something I do like to do again. It's an outlet. Um, I like to do yoga. Um, I like to go for walks with my dog. I like to travel and I am a, I like to get high <laughs> <laughs> every now and then, uh-huh. but you know, Something I, I I really, really enjoy doing is like spending time with my family. You know, that that is so important and it keeps me grounded with all, you know, when, especially when you're online all the time and, you know, your whole world is kind of like on social media or it's on the, this app, you know what I mean? Right. And right. So it's yeah, so, that we didn't cover that, that how lonely, like being, um, Because I do feel like the online world is very lonely in a way, even though we do connect with a lot of people, but um, your family's been very supportive of you, right? They have my, well, my sisters are very supportive. Well, yeah, I guess you could say my family has been very supportive. My parents aren't too thrilled about it, but it is whatever. It is what I'm an adult. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, no, but it does. I feel like family time definitely does keep me grounded and it just keeps me in a perspective that there's a a whole world out there that is not a social media, that's not an app, you know what I mean? Because it's like two different worlds, literally. Yeah, and then it's sometimes it's nice to talk to like a civilian or somebody that's not in the business and talk about real problems versus when you talk to some of the people like, I would talk to girls on Telegram and they would complain, you know, I only made 3000 today. And then you, yeah, yeah, like they would whine about something and you're like, okay. And then you talk to somebody in the real world and you're like, you wake up and you're like, this is real. This is the real world. This This is is reality because in reality, $3,000 a day, like you look at the national average, Mm -hmm. you know, nationally majority of people are not making that. So it's, it's definitely not something you should be complaining about. And I do agree with you. I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in the rat race and the pissing contest. And there's a lot of that going on out there too. I try to just stay out of it and stay out of the way and focus on why I'm here and on what's important, because I feel like there is a lot of this popularity contest going on and, you know, cloud chasing and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, no, no, that's one thing. Since I've known you, you haven't changed as a person at all. Um, uh, yeah, you have not changed. Like I've, I've witnessed a lot of you and I both have seen people change before our yeah. eyes and yeah. you have, all you're the same person I remember from a couple of years ago. You're you, nothing has changed about you. And, uh, it's very rare like, for, cause I've seen a lot of people like it is, I've seen, and and when my podcast, I didn't want to have people that are like clout chasers or going to say something crazy or, or anything like that. I wanted people to be real, you know what I'm saying? And be, be who, be their authentic self and stand up for what they believe in, not just, you know what I'm saying? Say something because they want to get more subscribers on their OnlyFans. That's so, that's so, oh, it's so played out, isn't it? It is, it is. And I just feel like, right, right. For the longevity, you just have to, uh, of your career, you do have to be cool with your fans yeah, and be real with your fans. But I think that's the point. 
You know, and yeah. I, I feel like people are losing the point. You know, I think that people are so, especially with the pandemic, it brought in such so many different people. And I feel like people have lost focus of what's really important. They're in here trying to, for a clout, for, to get a bag. And that's all great. But at the end of the day, like, especially with an OnlyFans, for example, it's a fan page. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's called fans. OnlyFans. It's about yeah, your fans. OnlyFans for a reason. It's about your right. fans, you know, yeah. and it's not about your promo or about your clout or whatever your you know drama and and so yeah it's definitely one of those things where but I think the other thing is that people let you know their financial situation or maybe even their success or clout or whatever define who they are as an individual and to me that's that's just backwards because I feel like what we have and what we accomplish is it, it it's a part of what we do but it doesn't necessarily define who we are you know what I mean like I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I feel like you should be who you are. Shouldn't waver. It shouldn't change based on your situation or, you know, right. wow. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just, I, it's I a- called it beginner's luck with a lot of girls. When I was dancing yeah. in the beginning, um, I remember girls that would start dancing all of a sudden they would make like a crap load of money. And all of a sudden it went to their heads yeah. and they, they started changing. And throughout my sex worker career, I noticed like every time I got into like a new form of sex work, whatever it was, because I've done everything under the sun, I would see these heads blow up. And you know what I mean? It would always be like kind of short lived or you like uh, I remember there was a period of time where I worked at like one club closed down and we all went to this other club. And there was a group of girls that could not get over that new club. Like they're like, oh, my God. The crazy, I don't know what to do. The crazy horse too. I'll never forget this in Vegas. And they just couldn't, they didn't know how to function. They didn't know how to relate. And I've noticed anybody with longevity and sex career, they just know how to like float around and keep on, keep on hustling. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people that join and they think it's easy and they think, oh, I'm young, I'm hot, you know, and especially people who joined during the pandemic, that was Mm. very deceiving for a lot of people because they did join and make a lot of money. And then now they're just like, they don't know what to do because the rug is getting pulled out from underneath. There you go. And they, whatever they were doing during the pandemic wasn't, it's not efficient and effective anymore because the market is different and times have changed. So if you don't have a solid um, brand, you're going to struggle. You know, as, as a mark, anytime the market shifts, you're going to struggle with that because you don't have any foundation. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that foundation is so important. And then to keep up with other stuff and yeah, like it's, it's so vital and then know your brand and have your social medias. And also, you know, you have to be consistent, right? The consistency is key. So have you ever had like a couple weeks where you just shut everything down for a moment or no? Honestly, I have, I have, you have, I have had, uh, well, it wasn't a couple of weeks, but a couple of days. And I have had those moments where I just like, I'm just done. I cannot do any, make anything else happen. And literally everything is off. My phone is off. I'm not logging in on anything. My phone's on the charger in the other room or something. And I just tune it out. And I, you know, it's, it's actually something that recently I started doing as I realized that I do need that. I need that space. You know what I mean? To have that balance of, you know, everything that's going on up there with everything. <laughs> wow. So yeah, a couple of days isn't bad, but I, in the beginning, I remember the pandemic, I, a friend of mine wanted to get on and I told her and her partner, like how much work and they like they were like they were kind of crazy like they didn't want to do the work and I'm like yo this is what you got to do you know what I'm saying and that's where I think it's you know it is intense it is a couple days isn't bad I thought you meant like a couple weeks I'm like really like how did you pull the tell me I'm trying to pull this off off. like I've never been able to pull off more you know a couple of weeks because honestly even if I'm on vacation if I'm, you know, traveling, I'm still working most of the time. Yeah. So yeah. It, there's no such thing as a full two week vacation. Yeah. No, even when I go out to eat at a restaurant or something, I'm like, okay, I need a picture right now. I got to do a TikTok. I got to do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's always, it's a constant hustle and 
struggle and uh sex work is not easy it's work <laughs> it's work sex work is work yes is work. so thank you so much for coming on get school today can you please tell everybody where they can find you all your social medias all your sites everything yes you can pretty much find me the Jada Jacobs on uh, all my socials. I'm pretty much the Jada Jacobs. So if you look at that Jada with a Y, um, you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok. Even though I haven't posted she anything, do anything. Find me on there. <laughs> um, my uh, if you go to my blog jadasjournal.com, it takes you to um, it gives you access to my other links as well and the other sites that I have available um like my playboy site and also only fans so it's it's there and yeah i think that's about it i don't have you know the crazy thing i don't have links like everywhere and stuff like i'm literally if i'm on a platform i'm active there so it's literally just like two links <laughs> oh okay yeah i got you i'm just promoting so much two podcasts and ig a youtube but like i get it but you're yeah, busy you know i'm you're, busy you've always been busy and I yeah. admire that about you too. Like you've always been, since I've known you, you're that type of hustler, you know, yeah. and I, there's the only way I can describe it. Like <laughs> real recognize real. <laughs> yeah. And you have it in you. And I'm like, man, this girl is always, you're always on the go. You're always doing your thing, but it's admirable. And I love to see it. Love to thank see you. it. Thank so. you. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> well, thank you for being on Get School. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there are certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas, from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did